the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. It is good morning, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway on an extraordinarily busy Friday morning, the 15th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. We are just jammed today, and all of it is going to be outstanding. I can give you uh, my guarantee, my personal guarantee. Coming up in about uh, 10 minutes, a little bit more, we're going to talk to Jim Renacci. It's been a bit since we have talked with the former Ohio, or excuse me, former congressman from Ohio's 16th District, now, of course, a gubernatorial candidate. Uh, We're going to talk to him about the big event coming up. Uh, next Wednesday, or I guess it would be this coming Wednesday now, uh, on the 20th, the uh, big event with Laura Trump. We're going to talk to Jim Renacci about that and a little bit more. At 9.35, we're going to get our first check-in with um, uh, Matt Dolan. Matt Dolan is a late add to the very crowded uh, Republican primary field in the U.S. Senate race to replace Rob Portman. Uh, so Matt Dolan will be joining us to talk about his vision, why he's in this race, and I may even ask him why he and his uh, family decided to cave in on the Indians baseball name. <laughs> I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody in the ownership group uh, since that. Uh, but Matt Dolan will be joining us. And then at 9.50, Ron Zarnecki will tell us all about tomorrow's huge convention of conservative clubs in Westlake. This is a great event. They didn't have it last year. I spoke at the one two years ago. They didn't have it last year because of COVID, so Ron is uh, really, really excited to get this thing back out there tomorrow. Uh, so we'll do that at 10.10. David Horowitz will join me. David Horowitz from the David uh, Horowitz uh, Freedom Center is going to be with us. Uh, it's a huge, huge deal, his new book. It's called I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America. He's got the truth, the facts, on 26 of the supposed uh, flashpoints 
for the summer of racial reckoning last year and the ongoing racial reckoning that is going on right now. The truth about 26 supposed uh, instances of police murder of unarmed black uh, citizens. David's got the truth chronicled in in this new book. He's going to talk about why the lies have helped to destroy uh, or put this country on a path anyway to destruction. So that'll be at 1010. 10.35, former Ohio State Representative Christina Hagan will join us with a reaction to the top news of this week, as she always does. So we are just loaded up, and I'm very, very excited about that. And before we can do anything else, I think we need to start with our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, please stand. And I've got a story on this that I'll tell in a moment. Face your flag if you have one nearby. If you don't, you know what's really a cool idea? Because I know people do this. Uh, if you don't have a flag, um, pull one up on your computer. Pull one up on your uh, on your on your uh, the screen of your phone. Just get a picture of a U.S. flag. There you go. How about that? You don't even have actually have to have one visible. You can bring one up and make it visible. But at any rate, whether you have one or not, please stand and join us. Put your hand over your heart. Leftists, well, we know how upset you are by all of this freedom stuff. You go ahead and take your knee. We know how you feel uh, as we recite our pledge of allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Just a uh, a brief story about that as a part of a little bit of a longer story talking about last night's tremendous citizens for free speech event that we held uh, out in northfield at liberty valley church um i had people telling me how much this means to them again and they have told me that yes they have bought flags uh to make sure that they do you know have something to stand and salute and and uh face when they do the pledge of allegiance each and every day on my program i mean it was just such an inspiring thing to have people tell me because, you know, as I said to the group that I spoke to last night, and there were around 150, 160 people in the room, uh, and, uh, you know, I said to them, I believe you when you tell me you do these things. You know, nobody's watching. There's no cameras. You're in your house by yourself. I mean, how many people are actually going to stand up because a radio host says, we're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance? Nobody's watching. You could just say, yeah, I do that. How many people in their cars, if you're listening you know, via your car radio right now and each and every morning when this, uh, when this part of the show comes on, how many people actually grab the wheel with their left hand and put their hand over their heart with their right? And people are telling me they do. Nobody's going to tell me this just a virtue signal because that's not who we are. I believe you. And I, I take really, really great pride in the fact that I started doing this, I don't know, maybe a year ago now. I don't know exactly how long it's been. But uh, I take great pride that it is meaningful to you that we start our, our program each and every day with the Pledge of Allegiance. And I believe when you tell me you do stand and you do put your hand on your heart and you do make that pledge with us. It's just it's really, really uh, inspiring to hear. So thank you to everybody who continues to, to do that and to let me know that. Every time somebody comes up to me like they did last night at this event, um, it just uh, it does my heart good. Speaking of last night, I just want to say thank you to everybody who had a hand in a tremendous event uh, in uh, Northfield. This was our first ever Ohio chapter Citizens for Free Speech event. Um, Dan Hermata, who is our Ohio coordinator, Ohio chapter coordinator, I'm the Ohio State Director of CFFS, uh, we put this together 
uh, a planned presentation with the assistance of some terrific people, uh, including um, Pastor Jeff Turing, who actually is the pastor of the church, Liberty Valley Church, who who uh, uh, invited us to host this event there, uh, to his tech uh, wizard, George, who ran all of the uh, technical stuff for us, to uh, the staff there that set the place up and cleaned up, to our volunteers, uh, including Marcy. Our, my, my producer, Marcy, who was there at the church, it happens to be her church, who was there helping us in a number of ways as well, to uh, Stacy Brewer, who is a volunteer, to Chris Gorin, my t-shirt guru, just wonderful, wonderful people. And I know I'm missing some people there. I apologize. I just want to welcome or to uh, thank you in a, in a great big kind of uh, uh, overall way. Anybody who had a hand in having that event last night, I think it went very well. I think it was impactful. But it's only impactful if the energy and the enthusiasm that was generated by it is something that can be followed up upon. Followed up upon. Um, I, you really do need to make sure that you take some of the principles that we talked about and learned yesterday and, and act on them. And you need to get onto the website. And you need to become a volunteer. Citizensforfreespeech.org. You need to get onto the local activist um, proprietary uh, social media page that we have. You need to start the Citizen Ninja training. All of these things that we talked about yesterday, you need to act on. And we can have a dramatic impact. Most importantly, continue to drive our membership, which is 100% free. Sharing that uh, uh, homepage and the, the membership page uh, at the bottom or the membership link at the bottom with everybody that you know. It's so incredibly important. And, and, and one of the other things I want to do is I just say thank you today on the air for this, is to thank the leaders of so many grassroots activist, conservative, freedom-loving, First Amendment-supporting constitutionalists uh, who were there last night. Because your groups are going to be instrumental in helping to grow this group at CFFS and kind of unite us all together in a common purpose. So thank you to Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance who was there last night. Thank you to John and Diane Stover of Ohio Value Voters who was there last night. Thank you to Jonathan Broadbent of Protect Ohio Children who was there last night. Thank you to Tom Zawistowski of the We the People Convention who was there last night. Thank you to Kirsten Hill of the Lorain County Tea Party Patriots and the Ohio School Board who was there last night. Thank you to Lisa Woods of Medina County Friends and neighbors who was there last night. Thank you to Tom Hack of Free Ohio Now who was there last night. And again, if I'm forgetting somebody, please accept my apologies. This is not about a personal slight, an intentional personal slight. But I suspect most everybody who was in that room last night knows this is not about personal glory anyway. This is about uh, uniting together for a common cause. And I think last night was very special. I think we got a lot of very important information out there, and, we, uh, uh, and we're going to continue to share that information with one another. But that was our first Citizens for Free Speech event last night, and I was very, very proud to present it. As well as uh, the uh, They Don't Want Science, They Want Compliance t-shirts that my friend Chris Gorin from uh, uh, Special Effects Custom Printing in Wellington put together so quickly for me for that event last night. Now, uh, from that to this, because we're going to break here in just a second to get ready ready for uh, Jim Renacci who's coming on, I have confirmed something that I have been promising and, and planning for several weeks now. It's ready to go. Next Thursday, October 21st, so this coming Thursday, at the Avenue Tap House on Detroit Avenue in Lakewood, I will be personally hosting the very first ever Antibodies Party. We are going to have our antibodies party in Lakewood next Thursday celebrating natural immunity. Can you dig it? Why, yes. As a matter of fact, I can. 
I can greatly dig this. We are going to have our first gathering at the Avenue Tap House celebrating natural immunity. They've got a huge gathering room that can hold up to 400 of us. They're going to have drink specials for us. They're going to have an amazing menu to choose from. We're going to get together and celebrate our natural immunity, those of us who have active antibodies after recovering from COVID and thus have zero need for any shots from Big Pharma. And for those who are still interested in watching the Woke NFL, the Browns will be playing next Thursday night, and it will be on a big screen there in this giant room. Uh, and so you can watch the game as you listen to us and as you socialize and have some drinks and some food. And by the way, it's not just for people who have the active antibodies. If you think you have active antibodies because you were exposed to COVID but never tested positive for it, you will be welcome as a guest at our antibodies party as well. And to prove that we're not dictators... We will even welcome people who support natural immunity over vaccine mandates with or without antibodies. And unlike the other side, we will not require antibody passports or antibody cards. This is a party for all of us who support science and natural immunity. So next Thursday, plan on joining us for the antibodies party. 630, the doors will open. And I'll be telling you more about that as we go on. 918, time out now. Jim Renese next. AM 1420, The Answer. The free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. All right, it is 920. Good Friday to you. Thank you once again for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. We are going to be talking with Matt Dolan at 935 as we continue to spin the wheels of this um, incredibly crowded uh, uh, primary field in the uh, uh, Senate race to replace Rob Portman. So we'll talk to Matt Dolan. Last night, by the way, they had the very first uh, Senate forum for the candidates. It was in Versailles. We're going to be having another one of those in uh, November here in Northeast Ohio. J- uh, Jack Windsor and the Ohio Press Network is hosting and running those uh, those debates among the Senate candidates. I will be the co-moderator of the Northeast Ohio debate coming up next month. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And we'll talk to Matt Dolan. Matt Dolan was not there. He was not at uh, last night's debate, debate in uh, uh, in Versailles, but we'll talk about his candidacy coming up at 935. Now let's welcome a gubernatorial candidate and also, of course, the former 16th Congressional District Representative here in the state of Ohio, Jim Renacy, who's got his own big event coming up next week. Good morning, Mr. Renacy. How are you? Good morning, Bob. And uh, listen, I heard you talking about the Senate candidates. Where were they all at in 2018 other than uh, other than Mike Gibbons? I, I have to chuckle. I started telling people that. We got 11 candidates running for Senate, but when when somebody was needed in 2018, the president reached out to me because none of these other candidates wanted to go up against an incumbent. Kind of interesting that uh, we have so many two years later. Well, you know, speak to that, because I, I've been wondering the same thing. Is it that much more difficult to challenge somebody who's been there for a couple of terms like Sherrod Brown, and they didn't want to you know, run the risk of losing and, uh, you know, and, and putting a black mark next to their name as a, as a losing candidate? But this one's an open race, so if you don't win it, it's not a, it's particularly in the primaries, it's not a big a deal? Well, absolutely, Bob. That's one of the things. When you go up against an incumbent, the statistics are that incumbent wins 97% of the time. So all of these individuals, you can tell the fighters and you can tell the non-fighters. The fighters are the ones who will go up against the incumbent. The non-fighters will wait for the open seat elections. And, you know, I hate to say that, but that's the truth. I mean, nobody wants to take on an incumbent 
And as I travel the state, I have to chuckle how many people are in this race. Because in 2018, if you remember, I did not want to get into the Senate race. I was wanting to continue in the governor's race. The president reached out to me and asked me to get in because he wanted a fighter. And, yeah, you, you, you run the risk of losing, especially when you're up against a long-term incumbent like Sherrod Brown. It'll be interesting to see who jumps in the race two years from now when Sherrod Brown's back up into the, up into yeah. the starting gate. Yeah, it really will. And, you know, I've asked you this before since that time, and obviously right after that time in which you did uh, get into that race and you fought and you won the, you know, the primary against Mike, and then you went up against Sherrod, and despite starting so late, you didn't win that. And I asked you then, and I'll ask you now, as you look back on it with a couple of years more perspective, do you regret doing so? Do you regret not staying in the governor's race at that time? Because we might have Governor Renacy right now instead of Governor DeWine. Well, Bob, I, I look back, I, I try not to regret anything I do in life, and I've said this in many, many of my discussions, that that probably is the one regret I have, because I thought the system was with me. I knew the president was with me, and he definitely was, but clearly the system just really wanted me out of the governor's race and into the Senate race, and then they kind of left me high and dry. But it was a good fight, forced uh, Sheriff Brown to spend $33.5 million against my four I was outspent eight to one, and they only beat me by 150,000 net votes out of 4.4 million. So it was a very close race. And if you look back at other people who have run statewide and tried to defeat an incumbent, even go back to George Voinovich. I mean, he lost by 14 points. I mean, the, so I actually did pretty well out of the gate. Uh, but do I regret it? Yeah, because I think I would. It would have been Governor Renacy right now because I was closing the gap on candidate DeWine at that point in time. And I think the system really wanted to have me redirected away from candidate DeWine. You know, as I remember back then, candidate DeWine used to say it was his turn. We, we would have forums. Why are you running? And I would tell people all the reasons I was running. And, and many times he would just say, well, it's his turn. Wow. That's, that's a pretty astounding thing. And that's pretty doggone, uh, um, conceited egotistical if you ask me this is my turn uh so what you said a second ago though uh mr renacy you know 97 percent of the time incumbents win now mike isn't candidate dewine he's governor dewine he is that incumbent he's got that 97 percent edge um is this the race you can win well there's always a way you can win um remember it's 97 percent, which means there's a three percent chance and and i think it's even greater governor dewine has taken our state in such a wrong direction. Governor DeWine has um, acted like dictator DeWine by masking and mandating, and even though now the, the, um, the General Assembly has told him he can't do it, he still comes out and says, if I had the authority, I would mask everybody, and you know, vaccinations would be mandated. All these things he talks about now, but he doesn't have the authority because the General Assembly stepped up and stopped him. Look, we have lost ground in the last three years. Um, if Ohioans really take a look at what he's done, um, they will not reelect him unless you're part of the internal establishment that makes money off of him, gets contracts off of him, or really likes to have the ability to um, have that, uh, you know, face to face with him. I mean, let's face it. Look at look at the people he surrounds himself with. Look at where he goes. He, he I've been traveling the state. I never see Mike DeWine in, a, in a, an event with Republicans anymore. You know why? He'll get booed, or even in a general um, um, event. He'll get booed. He always goes to events that are pretty well captioned 
where he protects himself and, and he doesn't have to answer any questions and, you know, he stays out of that. And look, I just hope people, the big, biggest problem, problem in politics, people have very short memories. I hope uh, my job is to make sure that I remind them um, of what he's done over the last three years. Is that uh, unpopularity and being booed at GOP events and with GOP supporters, um, is that reflected in polls? Can you give me a, a snapshot of the campaign for you right now, <laughs> poll numbers, fundraising? Like, how's that going for you? Yeah, I can tell you that Mike DeWine, and, you know, people uh, people don't believe this, but I will say this, that 35% of Ohioans have said Republicans will never vote for Mike DeWine again, 35%. 15% say they were likely not to vote for him ever again. That's 50% if you add those together. But the problem is 35%, approximately 35% of Republicans will vote for him or will likely vote for him. So his numbers are somewhere between 35 uh, and 40 that will likely vote for him and everything we're looking at. That's the problem. Incumbents always have that edge. And when I travel a state, Bob, people say, oh, I don't believe that. Mike's Dwine's so unpopular. You have to remember, um, there are a lot of people that don't pay attention, and there are a lot of people that actually like that he mandated um, some of these things. So um, he does have that reflection. Uh, But the other thing, and we talked about it last night, i got to tell you the toughest thing for me in this campaign is every time I I hire people – they usually get a call from either the Republican Governors Association or they get a call from, um, you know, leadership in, in the Republican Party. And they say, listen, if you continue to work for Renacy, you'll never get a job in Republican politics over the next 10 years. And you can ask Brad Parscale that. He's just shocked how many people are said, you know what, because we've hired people who 24 hours later call and say, hey, you know, I, my livelihood, I got to I got to step away from this campaign till after the primary. It is amazing how aggressive the party gets when you're challenging an incumbent in, in the system. Well, Jim, we're talking with uh, Jim Renacci, who, of course, is an Ohio gubernatorial candidate in the primary. He's trying to <laughs> dump Mike DeWine. People can ask Brad Parscale that question if they are at the 2021 Finance Dinner coming up on Wednesday. Can you tell us more about that? Well, yeah, Bob, we're a happy Medina County Republican Party. By the way, a little side story. Medina, I'm the chairman of the Medina County Republican Party because Governor DeWine and ORP chairwoman Jane Timken at the time contacted the party and says, do whatever you can to stop Renacy from being chairman. Uh, the previous chairman actually went to the, to the Central Committee and told them that, and they voted me in. But I'm proud to say that we're bringing in another special guest uh, next Wednesday, October 20th, Laura Trump's going to be there. We had uh, Dennis Prager at our last event. Now we're having Laura Trump come on Wednesday, October 20th. She'll be at the Diamond Event Center in Brunswick, Ohio. And uh, it's going to be another great event. Brad Parscale will be there. Madison Gesiato will be there. Peter Kirshnall will be there. Um, and, of course, uh, we're going to highlight Sharon Kennedy as well with the invocation. But um, I'm proud to say that the Medina County Republican Party is standing strong now, bringing in leaders um, and guest speakers who really want a party that's much different than the establishment party. And and that's why we're doing so well. And uh, any of your listeners that want to get a ticket or want to be there, they can go to medinagop.com. .org, isn't it, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm staring at medinagop.org, so maybe both of them work. 
Yeah, I'm looking at Medina, GOP.com. Oh, good. good. Well, well, um, well, that's great. That means the party bought both of those domains on the .org and the .com, so people can find it no matter what. Now, I'm staring at it right now, uh, uh, Mr. Anasi, and it looks terrific. It's a great event. It's a five-course dinner, uh, and all of this stuff is uh, is terrific, a great lineup of speakers. And I was told, and maybe somebody misinformed me, but I was told that you had a very special offer for our listeners right now. Is that true? Um. I think they have to go to MedinaGOP.com. We do have some. Spe- we, we do have a lot of different offers available. No, no, no. Um, the but, one, uh, I'm, the I, one I'm talking about is two free tickets to this event, courtesy of Chairman Renacci. This is something I was oh, informed of of last night. Yep. I, yeah, it, it, did I? Was I no. misinformed? No, no, that is true as well. We have two <laughs> free tickets, uh, um, and again, I am trying to get. Um, individuals involved and people involved and and it's about it's about a new party in a new direction well it really is and it's going to be a great event uh, the uh, you know the fact that you have Laura Trump coming and Brad Parscale who of course uh, was uh, one of President Trump's uh, uh, most loyal supporters and a campaign manager along with Peter and Madison Jesse this is going to be a great event and yeah I, I I was informed you're going to have two two free tickets to give away to two listeners on our program right now and I think the best way to do that is to um, uh, is to go with our 21st caller in celebration of the 2021 finance dinner. So we're going to take phone calls off the air during this break, and our 21st caller is going to get a pair of free tickets to this Medina County GOP 2021 finance dinner coming up on Wednesday, where you can meet uh, Congressman Renacci and candidate Renacci, as well as all of the other luminaries that we just discussed. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I know it's going to be a great event on Wednesday, and uh, thank you so much, Mr. Renacci. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Bobby. Have a great day. You too, sir. 21. Caller 21. So if you want to go to this dinner and you and a guest for free uh, and hear all of these great speakers, dial right now, 216-901-0945, Marcy will count the callers, and number 21 will get those tickets. We'll be back with candidate Matt Dolan next on AM 1420 The Answer. A wake-up call, courtesy of the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 938, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Good Friday to you. What if Ohio's next senator didn't just talk big and loud, but had a real record of conservative success? What if our next senator didn't pander about reducing government and cutting taxes, but already did it repeatedly? didn't offer empty talk about boosting skilled trades but actually boosted them and didn't just claim to support our police but proved it with legislation one of the early campaign ads for ohio state senator matt dolan who is campaigning to trade up to united states senator matt dolan he has joined a very crowded republican field got into it a little bit late compared to some of the others but he's in it now and he joins us now to talk about that on am 1420 the answer senator dolan good morning how are you good morning bob i'm good thanks for having me on yeah good to have you here um like I said just in a second ago, uh, a little bit late, not necessarily in the general scheme of things, but boy, a lot of people got into this very, very early. What made you decide after kind of seeing already, uh, you know, the, the campaigns start to be laid out by some of the others in this primary? What made you decide, okay, I want in? Well, a number of things. First of all, I'm not late to the issues that impact Ohio and how somebody going to U.S. 
Senate can impact Ohio in a better way. I have been fighting the fight for years in the House and the Senate and, of course, in the private sector. So I have been laser-focused on creating a better uh, economy with lower taxes, less regulations, giving parents school choice, and that's obviously very important right now, not just because of failing schools, but if, you know, if our schools are going to indoctrinate our kids, we want the parents' ability to lead. So those were the issues I had been working on, and I you know, put myself in a position of leadership, and I was working on the state budget that ended uh, uh, end of June of this year, which the Ohio Republican Party called it the most conservative budget in Ohio history. And then I went on a listening tour because I wanted to you know, do a number of things. One is to make sure that there is, in fact, a path to victory for me. Uh, number two is uh, what do the people of Ohio want? So it was a listening tour. What issues do they want somebody to go to Washington and fight on? And I found out that the issues that I am laser-focused on are the issues that they want to be done in Washington. They want somebody to go to Washington to engage, to enact conservative principles, stop the Biden agenda, but also create uh, a forward-thinking agenda, making sure that we have policies that stand up to China, making sure that we actually pass legislation, Bob, that secures our southern border. What frustrates me is that when we had President Trump and he put a plan together that was actually working and Republicans controlled the House and Republicans controlled the Senate, we didn't put his action into law. And we saw what happened when Biden came in, and it's an absolute tragedy right now. So you've got to have people go to Washington who can engage, who know the operations, and have a path of success. So... I feel like I'm right on time. I think that my message is resonating with folks, and we will continue to go around the state, listen to what Ohio Ohioans want, and I'm the, the candidate that is truly fighting for Ohio. I'll uh, I'll change one word you just said when you called what uh, is being done now at the border a tragedy. I call it a travesty because an a-, a tragedy is an accident. A travesty is intentional, and this is what Biden is doing. Now I'm glad you uh, well, actually fair before enough, I get before before I get to the Trump part of this because you you praise President Trump for the job that he did there on the border, and I agree with that. Um, I, I just noticed really that you're the only candidate in this primary field now that is currently an office holder. Uh, you know, Josh Mandel is a former office holder. There are some other people. Uh, who are out considered political outsiders because they're from the business world. They've never actually held a political office. Is it an advantage to you that you are currently an Ohio senator running for this, or is it a disadvantage because you get a job to do in between all of this campaigning? Well, it's an advantage because of who I am and what I get accomplished. And, and you know, you mentioned President Trump. Well, look at President Trump. What did he do to spur our economy? He lowered taxes. Bob, since I've been in office, the House from 2005 to 2010, then I went back to the private sector, and then 2017, I passed Senate. Your income tax has gone down 48% since I've been in legislative office because I went into office knowing the impact that has on growing businesses, and I wanted to stop it. Trump talked about reducing regulations because who understands better that what regulations, how they stifle growth than business folks? I'm a, I came from the business world. I'm a lawyer for 31 years. We were the second state in the nation, second, to implement Trump's two-for-one regulation policy. That is, for every new regulation that government feels it needs to have, that we have to get rid of two. Uh, in addition to that, we are now on a goal, because legislation we put in, that by 2025 in Ohio, we have to reduce our regulations by 30%. So it is, it is not just talking the talk, it's actually doing the job 
that inspires growth in, in Ohio. And so uh, I think it's a tremendous advantage for me because I have a record. You know what you're going to get with me. Um, and it's a conservative record. Despite all the talk around me sometimes, people forget I've been in three Republican primaries. This will be my fourth. I've won all three Republican primaries because I think when you dive into my record, you'll see that I have a pretty conservative record on making, getting things done and actually have a positive impact on Ohio. We're talking with uh, Ohio Senator Matt Dolan, who is, of course, now a U.S. Senate candidate in this uh, crowded primary field. So let me talk about President Trump. You referenced him twice now in your uh, in your remarks, talked about the border, talked about the great job he did there, and talked about the fact that he lowered taxes to help Americans agree with both of those things. A quick uh, Internet search. I don't Google. I use DuckDuckGo. A quick DuckDuckGo search of the name Matt Dolan. The second result down uh, that I got was a CNN lead that says, in Ohio's Senate race, a non-Trump Republican makes his case. So, Senator Dolan, are you a non-Trump Republican? And if so, what does that mean? Well, I don't, I don't know what CNN means by that. I, I am focused on what the Trump administration got accomplished, and there was a lot of good things, particularly on the domestic front, that I, I've gone over. Uh, there are some things on the international front that I, I disagreed with uh, President Trump on. I don't think we need to be an isolationist. I don't think you take on China but with tariffs. I think you take on China by increasing our own domestic product, creating our own supply chain here, and you incentivize that uh, with, with, uh, with how I would do it with, with tax credits. But you also engage with other allies to make sure that they have a market. Uh, they develop their market because China is most concerned about unemployment. And we start taking some of their work away, and we incentivize people to be domestic. Uh, that's how we take on China. So I disagree with a little bit with what President Trump there did. Look, if you're focused on somebody who wants to go to Washington and get things done, that's me. If you're focused on a particular personality, if you're focused on rhetoric and tone and you think that's policy, then that's not me. But, but I can tell you this, that if you study me and you follow me, there is uh, somebody who has a tremendous amount of passion for the work, uh, I think you can talk to anybody down in Columbus and talk about who's some of the, who's probably the most toughest negotiator down in Columbus to get things done. That's how I can pass budgets to have every Republican, including very conservative Republicans, to vote for it and some Democrats because you put what's best interest for Ohio and you engage. So, look, I, I, I think if you want to talk about somebody who is passionate like President Trump, who's authentic, who will not pull, pull a fast one, you know, I tell people how it is. You may not always agree with me, but at least you know where I stand, and I think that's what attracted people uh, to President Trump. And I and we have a Biden administration now that is crushing the very voters and the very middle class that decided that the Republican way is better, and I can help continue that to make sure we keep middle class strong in Ohio. We end inflation. We end uh, uh, this this idea that the police are bad, and we get people back to work. We don't incentivize people to stay home. We secure our border, we protect our police, and we have a strong America again. 
Uh, Senator Dolan, you're, you're talking a lot of policy and a lot of platform, which I respect, because these are the things that whoever wins this primary and whoever defeats Tim Ryan and replaces Rob Portman is going to have to do in D.C., so I get that and I respect that. However, things that you will not be debating on the floor of the United States Senate and things you won't be uh, uh, introducing or anything else um, are, are some social things like the ball club. Uh, your family's ball club, the Cleveland Indians, now going to be the Cleveland Guardians. Again, in the Internet search, the next one down I saw was... Trump knocks Dolan's Senate bid over change to Cleveland Indians' name. Now, this isn't a policy I know, and it's not a platform issue, but it's important to a lot of conservative voters who are sick and tired of cancel culture, sick and tired of being pushed around and told that names are racist and 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 uh, symbols and mascots are racist, and they're tired of people caving. They're upset about that. How do you respond to those folks, Senator Dolan? Senator Dolan? Bob, I just tell them I understand it. I get it. I know why you're upset. Um, there's a lot more that goes into a decision than what people know. It's a family decision. I'm going to stand by the family. At the end of the day, wearing that hat, we're in the business. We're operating a business, and our mission is to put a championship team on the field and make sure you have a fun fan experience. Any amount of time we're spent on any other factors than that, we're not achieving our mission. So we didn't want free agents to come and have to answer political questions. We don't want managers to answer political questions. Wearing my political hat, I get it. I totally understand it. Um, it, 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 is, uh, it is really sickening what is happening uh, in, in a small group of people uh, led by corp- big corporations are trying to dictate uh, not just policy in America, but how we think and how we act, how we relate to each other. How you stop that, it's, it is something I can do on the U.S. Senate floor, Bob. I can go there, and Citizens United was a court case that came out in 2010 that Republicans at the time said, oh, this is wonderful because corporations now have a right of free speech, and they can exercise that free speech by giving unlimited dark money into the political world. Well, we all assumed back then that Republicans are going to benefit because we're, we're friends of business. What has happened over the years is that these big corporations have now used that power of that money to to uh, act with other actors, um, mostly on the left, now to create a, this unholy alliance, if you will. Yeah, we'll put we'll send you money for your groups so you can exercise your political uh, voice on race, on uh, sexual orientation, on any other issues that they want to talk about. But please don't talk about what we do. Uh, in our foreign nations about making our product. So let's just stay quiet. You take the money out of this, you disincentivize corporations uh, and, and say that you no longer can buy uh, your, your, your people's silence, you'll see a change. You'll see a change. Um, so this well, is something we can attack. This is not something that's just uh, emotional. We can change it. Maybe the next time we talk, we can talk a little more in depth about that, especially the money side of it, because the a lot of folks see, and maybe they're cynics, maybe they're not, maybe they're accurate. You know, they see the fact that the Indians got the All-Star game last year, and a lot of people felt like it was money and the threat of losing that All-Star game if you don't commit to changing the name that made that happen, which, of course, would be, you know, the worst kind of politics from the from the baseball side. We don't have time to dig into all of that now, but I appreciate your willingness to discuss it, because it does. It's important sure. to a lot of people, including people who are going to be voting in this primary. So, uh, Senator Matt Dolan, thank you for coming on, and and we will indeed talk again. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate having thank, me. Thank you. All right, it's 9.50. We're going to get out and come back in and talk to Ron Zarnecki about the Convention of, of Conservative Clubs tomorrow. That's next.
Okay, 953, let's continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I told you we're busy today, thanks to Matt Dolan, and now welcome to our good friend Ron Zarnecki. Ron is holding the 2021 Convention of Conservative Clubs. It is coming up tomorrow, and after a year's absence, I bet you are just champing at the bit, Ron, to get back out there and talk with folks uh, tomorrow at the Conservative Club Convention. Good morning, Bob. Yes, I'm certainly looking forward to it, and been been prepping hard, making phone calls, and lining up super stages. You know what's really different about this event is that it's kind of like a world's fair of conservatism. They're going to walk into that convention, and there's going to be four stages operating, um, two full, one half full. And I, I got a political stump speech stage out there by the food court, and um, candidates, conservative candidates, are welcome to pitch um, their uh, their platform or uh, their conservatism and um, me any minute politics and uh, talk to the crowd. So if this you're is... coming by and or even if you have team members and, and candidates are busy, send your team out. We'll give them some table space and uh, let them meet the people. And we expect to get a large mix of different people to really check out what conservatism is and what kind of groups are there from genres like pro-life and um, um, constitution and um, Free speech. List, free you know. speech. I can tell you this. The citizens oh, yeah, free, free speech. Sponsor America, school board. Yeah. for getting into school issues, for getting into vaccines a little bit. Um, um, Citizen League for Regional Resurgence. That's a new one that popped up. And a big one, the Convention of States, will be talking about uh, for a good hour and 15 minutes on, on the panel discussions. So we've got three stages. we got that main stage in a quiet room. We've got an expo stage with panel discussions, which I based off a year of four things there, speech, immigration, and um, education and indoctrination. And I, I couldn't get the third, fourth one in, but um, I thought they were pretty important. So we got those two. We've got a private break, um, small stage. holds about 35 people, and there will be some uh, people giving talks in there. And then, of course, the outside um, candidate stump speech uh, stage. So. Well, I love your description of this as kind of a world's fair of conservatism. It really is. I mean, you've got no. so many different elements to this, so many different rooms and stages and breakouts and so on. If whatever conservative cause one might have, you're going to find it addressed somewhere mm-hmm. within this convention tomorrow. Let's let everybody know where this is. It's at the Ascent Church in Westlake. Um, and again, the speaker's on the four stages with live streams and booths. Again, our group, Citizens for Free Speech, will have a table at the booth as well, or excuse me, at the convention tomorrow as well. I want people to check that out. Uh, there's great opportunities to learn more about the defending of the First Amendment. Um, uh, what time? Give us give us times, what time everything is happening. Yes. What time should people show up? Start, start coming in at 8 because we got some old American folk songs being performed before the uh, stages open. They open up at 9 and they are full and they don't stop till 4. And uh, then you can wander around, talk a little bit more till 5 p.m. and then we shut down for good. Well, it's a full day. I mean, that's why, Ron, you kind of called it a World's Fair. It's not just an event where you come for an hour and a half and then you leave. You can stay as long as you want. If you want to stay only for an hour and a half, that's fine, too. But there's opportunities to see and hear different things from all kinds of different avenues in the conservative world uh, throughout this event. Ron, it was hard for you. You and I spoke last year before the event because I was going to speak at your event last year, and I can't this this time because I'm going to be out of state. But, But last year I wanted to be a part, as I have been in the past, and I know you fought tooth and nail right to the very end trying to find a way to hold this despite mike dewine's lockdown uh and all of the other covid things the restrictions that were put in place how 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 much did that hurt not to be able to hold this event last year 
Well, it's um, you know the work and it's the phone calling and it's um, tagging people and, and getting things lined up and then when something like that um, happens, you, you really just have to um, let it all go for all the work that you put into it. Even this convention, there are 15 updates for that main for the main stage and the up expo stage. Uh, that much shifting and moving around and um, and we got it set. Everyone's happy and um, they'll be there and waiting for um, just the attendees to come and, and just network among themselves also right uh, right you're out there run, by the food run. court or in the lobby eating um gillbillies will be out there and um you can be enjoying some good food and it's pretty reasonable and uh you'll be meeting fellow conservatives yeah and uh you know i gotta tell you i, I i'm just listening to all of the stuff you've put together starting with the phone calling and all of the organiz- organizing and 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 you know arranging food and speakers and so forth it sounds like an extra it sounds like a full-time job but it sounds like it's also a labor of love yeah. for you a labor of love yeah. of country a love of of the constitution a love of our rights and and that's yeah. kind of what this is all about isn't it yeah i i tell you my mom gave her the epic times and she's been reading and i asked her do you want me to spend time with you or do you want me to work on this convention because it's going to take a lot of time and she said i think you need to work the convention because it's a straight, different world now from you know what i'm reading she's 86 so um oh, it's something that she felt and, and i also felt it's necessary to do at, at this time and that's why we're doing it before the election so people get a chance to talk about the issues and it's what we need to do yeah, we absolutely do. So it's the Convention of Conservative Clubs. It is considered a cross-party, non-partisan event, although, of course, it is conservative in its in its uh, presentation, but it is not a specific endorsement of Republican mm-hmm. candidates over Democrat candidates or vice versa. Yo, but it is a me? convention of conservative clubs and conservative-minded individuals. Go ahead, Ron, last thing. Yeah, and keep in mind that Democratic Party, and I have some literature on this, uh, do have conservatives in there that believe in all the conservative things, but they believe in a working man or union, but they're pro-life, pro-military, balanced budget. Um, they hit all those points. So are, there are things, uh, conservative Democrats that are more... Um, Modest or midway, right. at least. So right, right, yeah, and that's right. a great point, and that's why I'm glad. To, you know, I want Democrats to know that, particularly if you are conservative-minded, you are welcome as well. This is yep. about conservatives, not necessarily a political party. So tomorrow at the Ascent Church in Westlake, as you just heard Ron say, you can get there as early as eight o'clock. Going to be great music there, and the events go all day long throughout the uh, facility to all of the different stages until five p.m. So make it a day uh, at the World's Fair of Conservatism. As uh, as Ron Zarnecki says, uh, Ron, thank you for coming on to promote this, and more more importantly, thank you for hosting this. Thank you for all the work you put into this. It's really. I'll really see you there next year, Bob. You better believe it. Save a spot on a stage for me somewhere. Thank you, Ron. Very good. Ron Zarnecki uh, doing just yeoman's work on behalf of conservatives and conservative ideals um, at the con- uh, convention of conservative clubs tomorrow. And yes. Citizens for Free Speech. We'll have a booth there. Dan Ramada, our Ohio coordinator, will be there manning that booth along with, I believe, Chris Gorin is going to be there as well. My T-shirt printer is going to be there, and she's going to be selling more of the um, uh, They Don't Want Science, They Want Compliance T-shirts that we made up based on a quote that I had on the air. Uh, So she's going to be there as well, uh, and I hope you can stop out. I'm going to be out of state or else I would be right there alongside everybody, but... uh, That's tomorrow. Now we'll get news, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk to, uh, who's coming? Oh, we're going to talk to David Horowitz. I'm very much looking forward to this. David Horowitz will be joining us next on AM 1420.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.